cheese sticks and sugar bread. Welcome to the Holy Healthy Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Noriega, your host, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and fellow Christian mom. I provide moms with practical, uncomplicated solutions so you can feed yourself and your family with confidence and lean into an active lifestyle. I'm on a mission to make health the standard, and I believe it starts in the family with mom at the core. So whether you're filled with holy guacamole, the Holy Spirit, or have no idea what either of those are, I've got you covered, friend. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Holy Healthy Mama. Today we are at episode 14, Planning a Prudent Pantry. (laughs) You like that alliteration? So I'm all smiles over here because I just got off a coaching call with Someone who told me at the end that my podcast is making a difference in her life. She sees me with my three kids juggling all the things and how I've just been determined to get this out there to help other women. And it's motivated her to restart her blog. So I'm really happy to hear that. It makes me smile ear to ear. And if I've made a difference for you, let me know. Leave me a review, shoot me a text, shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook or an email. It just helps to know that I'm doing something positive, putting good out there and making a difference for one person or all the people. So let me know. All right, we're going to roll into a moment of encouragement. Today's quote comes from St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. It says, If you can't feed a hundred people, then feed just one. So I picked this because it's kind of silly because I'm going to talk about how um, in our pantries we tend to stock up like we're preparing for a disaster and we have all the foods in there. So Mother Teresa said, If you can't feed a hundred people, then just feed then feed just one. And that can go both both ways here. So if, you know, you're talking about helping others and your goodwill, you help those that you are able to. But then also as we're planning your prudent pantry, think about the people that are actually in your house that have to eat this food. <laughs> so yeah, here we go. Planning a prudent pantry. I'm excited about this. It's been fun creating the outline for this because um, it's also a work in progress for me. It's something that there's always room for improvement. And again, there's always going to be somebody who's doing it better, who has it figured out, who has this beautiful Pinterest worthy pantry. And mine's more practical. Oh, I should have added that P in there, right? Planning a prudent and practical pantry. Hey, dang it. (laughs) Guys, I can't spend all day on these titles. I'm sorry. I'm a busy woman. Busy mom over here. Anywho. All right. Here we go. Planning a prudent pantry. We're going to talk what to keep in there, where to keep it, some organizational tips, And we'll talk about creating a system that suits your needs. And the goal of this is to just create an area in your kitchen that 
flows, that works for you, that isn't a stressor, that doesn't give you anxiety when you go to open it because all these things are going to fall out on your head or on your feet and smash you. We want to create this area that is functional. You can use it. It suits your needs and your whole family's needs. And then it's going to help you stop the struggle of trying to figure out what to eat and fighting with your kids every time they want a snack because you have prudently placed specific foods in there where they can access them, foods that you approve of, snacks you approve of, and it's not overwhelming. There, you know, that decision fatigue is real, right? When you have a hundred options staring you in the face, it can be so overwhelming, especially for our little ones. Think of their little bodies looking at this huge pantry ahead of them and all these options. Yeah, I might throw a fit too if I couldn't get all of them. (laughs) It happens, right? These kids, these kids, man. Okay, so we're going to start with what to keep in the pantry. All right, so we have some different categories here. We have staples, we have snacks, we have foods to prepare. Okay, so for staples, we want to, you know, we're talking noodles, beans, soup, canned goods, dried rice. And you want to have these so that when you, obviously when you need them, they're there. But try to keep just what you're going to need for that week and maybe one week beyond. We don't need a five-pound bag of rice staring us at the fa- in the face, right? We need enough for this week and maybe next week. This is going to be, you know, we're going to might have to switch our way of thinking as we go into this. So beans, you can have dried beans or canned beans. Soups, you've got to have soups on hand because when you get sick and you crash, in theory, it would be cool if, yeah, you could go make homemade chicken noodle soup every time you were sick. But some days, I'm speaking firsthand here, you cannot go to the kitchen and make that soup. You need to have a can on hand so you can just get some nourishment into your body. And then dried rice goes in this category too. These are some of your staples that you want in in your pantry. And then you've got snacks. So you can look at them two different ways. You have grab and go items where you've got granola bars, some selective snack packs, fruit strips, nutritious snacks that you can just grab Put in the diaper bag and go. Grab and go items here. The next snack option is items to pour. So we're talking nuts and dried fruits and granola. These are things that come in bigger packages, but they're still super nutritious. You need some of these on hand, even though they're not ready to go. We'll talk about getting them ready to go in a little bit. And then... Items to prepare, you're going to need, of course, popcorn and muffin mix and things like that, but still keep that mindset of what do I need for this week and maybe next week. We don't want to have 
all of Sam's club in our pantry staring at us. Now, you're also going to have some junk food. Ideally, you don't, but it's probably going to happen. And keep this in mind as you're shopping. What do you need for this week? Maybe next week. If you have 27 different types of cookies staring you in the face every time you open your pantry, that's going to make it a whole lot harder to say no and choose something that's a little bit more nutritious. If you have all these varieties of chips looking at you when you open the pantry, it's going to make it a lot harder to grab something that's nutritious. So as you're shopping, try to purchase maybe just one type of chip for the week. You know, keep on hand just one of these, like put in quotes, junk food items you know, one type of cookie, one type of chip or whatever your go-to is. I don't, I can't think of any other bad examples. Those are the main ones for pantry talk, pantry wise. You're, if you have those in there, all right, that's fine. But reduce the amount that you're allowing into your house because odds are if you run out of chips midweek, you're probably not going to run to the store just to buy more. So yeah, sure. You ate chips on Monday, Tuesday, And if you're me, I just finished a bag. I'm not going to take myself to the store uh, tomorrow just to buy chips. They're gone. That's it. I ate them and I enjoyed the heck out of them. And now they're gone. And truly, I just finished a bag of those Terra Real Vegetable Chips, the sweet potato ones. They're so, so good and addicting. So I don't let myself buy three bags. I don't buy a whole bunch of varieties. My daughter is banging my slipper on some stuff here. (laughs) Sorry for the noise. But if I just buy one bag and my family ate it, well, cool, we're done. That's it. So reduce the amount of junk that's in there. I'm not saying eliminate. Get the things you like. Just reduce the quantity. So you're training or tricking yourself into ultimately grand scheme eating less of those bad, uh, not so nutritious foods. And also, I didn't mention this just a second ago, but you're going to have spices and baking items, right? So you might want to keep those in a separate place. So as we roll into this where to keep your pantry items, how to group them, you're going to want to group them together. So you're going to have all your spices together. And it might be in the same place as all these other foods that I just listed, or it might be a different cabinet. It might be a drawer. It might be on your counter. You're going to have all your baking items together, obviously. So you've got your flour, your sugar, your uh, cornstarch, all of those things grouped together in one fashion or another. So it's whether it's in a box, a drawer, a cabinet, when you're baking, you're going to have the like items together, the spices are together. And then here we go into some more details about where and how to store these. Okay, so let's talk those staples again. These are things the kids don't need access to. You can keep them higher up. They don't need to be able to reach them. That's for baking or cooking, you know, beans, rice, those things. You use those at certain times, and they don't need to be front and center, right? Sounds like a no-brainer, but sometimes we all need a little reminder. Now, kids, hear me out, moms. For the kids, make life 
easier and put their snacks at their level down by your knees down by your feet wherever it is that shelf that's way down there that you don't access really put their snacks down there and fill it with snacks that you approve of use dried fruits or um, some small uh, granola bars like the half size kinds or the smaller packs of goldfish the small things that you are okay with your child eating okay it's snack time go grab a snack you've taken a few days to teach your kids where their snacks are and they get it so it's snack time boom they go grab a snack that you have already approved of you have stocked your pantry with something at their level they know which shelf is theirs they can access it and you just saved yourself this big old headache right because you don't have all the chips and cookies right there at their level that's their area they know it they can grab their snack and go and everybody moves on with their day same goes for you so you have a shelf at your eye level or your chest level I want to strongly encourage you to not put the junk food or your trigger foods right there that is the food that you see immediately when you open the pantry you staring you in the face like I said a minute ago you've got these foods that are gonna stare you in the face so on that shelf you want to put either the staples or some other nutritious foods that you're okay with snacking on that you feel confident in and make you feel good about yourself and your snack choices and get you from one meal to the next so either put the staples there or the foods that you feel good about snacking on and then on the taller shelf or the one really far below put the things that you don't want to see very often so this might be a little controversial for this movement where um, like hashtag all foods fit and hashtag food freedom because the thinking behind these movements is that you can have all these foods and we need to have a better relationship with our foods and we need to trust ourselves. And I do strongly support that. I do think that cookies and junk items have a place. They have a place and a time in our diets and our lives and that is great but I also know myself and I know that if I see the Oreos every single time I am far more likely to eat an Oreo sneak an Oreo when my kids aren't looking because I'm the adult and I'm in charge <laughs> right and you know, we've waited our whole entire childhood and adolescence to get to this point where we're able to eat the cookies. Yeah, well, now I'm in my 30s and I know that, yeah, I am going to eat those. So I'm going to put them out of sight. I'm going to put them in the really high shelf that I can't see all the time. And actually for me, it's a different pantry. That's where our candy and our just crap <laughs> is. <laughs> I say that gently. Our crapola is in a different cupboard. There we go. A different. It's behind a different door. So I can't see it every time. And it's not a fight for my kids. I don't want them to want, see it all the time because then they ask for it. And I don't want to see it all the time because then I'm going to get it. 
because I'm in charge. <laughs> That's how it goes. So you can have those foods and they're great. But when you're planning a prudent pantry, put them somewhere so you can't see them all the time. Okay, now let's see. Moving along here, we've talked what, we're talking where. Now let's talk some just general tips. So when we talked about nutritious snacks, we had the grab-and-go items, and then we also had the items that needed to be poured, poured out of the box, poured out of the container, whatever it is. And those are great snacks for both mom and kids. Kids should be snacking on nuts, and they should be snacking on granola too. Those are real foods. Those are good foods things that the whole family can eat but it can be a headache when your child goes and grabs the whole container of granola and spills the whole container of granola I don't know are you raising your hand because that happened to me the other day (laughs) it's probably happened to you too and the way to get around that is you can pre-package some of these snacks so like for example if you do a meal prep day You can package up some granola in little baggies or little containers. It could be reusable. It could be trashable, whatever. Um, And you just pre-package and then place in the pantry. So you know that your child who's going to go grab a snack bag is going to get an amount that's okay with you. That you have already put the time and effort into preparing for them so you know they're going to make a good choice that's going to be an appropriate amount for their age. The other option is have a little drawer or a cupboard or whatever it is, a box where they have their own bowls and cups so so they can scoop out an appropriate amount. So we have little kid bowls and if they scoop it out, my um, almost five-year-old, my four-year-old, he knows he can fill it up halfway with the denser foods. We just have, we just been talking about it over time and he understands what an appropriate size is for the most part. And then he encourages his younger brother to take the same amount. And then if they eat that whole amount, great. And then if they eat less, okay, then we put it back or use it somewhere else, do something with it. So utilize your children's autonomy here. Let them make their choices. Let them serve themselves within reason, but help them to understand appropriate sizes and appropriate timing. In an episode coming up, we're going to talk about timing, but, you know, have them understand these guidelines and these rules and be pretty firm about them and use that for yourself too so that you're not snacking all day long. Now, continuing on with some tips. When you want to organize your pantry, you Google or you Pinterest uh, pantry organization and you see these beautiful pantries with clear bins and then you go to the store to buy those and they're like $17 each, which is ridiculous, right? And you don't know if they're the right height. You don't know if they're going to work, if they're going to break on you, if all your food's going to go stale in them. So I want to encourage you to start slow. So, So start with what you have as well. If you have some baskets, cool. Let's start grouping some of your foods in your baskets and put them in your pantry on the shelves and see how it works. Do you need bigger ones? Do you need smaller ones? Use some of the boxes that your foods come in and see how that works. Like cut off the top to a 
pretty square rectangular box and put that in there and store your snacks in there or group some nuts in there or reuse some jars and see how it's going to work. Do you need to add more shelves? Do you need to adjust the shelf heights? You know, start it out just one step at a time so that you don't end up investing tons of money in these organization organizing bins and they don't work for you because I hate to admit it but I've made this mistake before okay so now how do you do this where do you start I want you to take some time go to your pantry and take it all out everything take it out wipe down the shelves get rid of all the crumbs get rid of all the expired foods the stuff that's just you don't even know what it is anymore take it out and really assess what you have and assess what needs to go back in if it's not going back in donate it use it within a week and then if you don't use it donate it or take it to you know give it to a friend give it to a family member somebody you know who likes to cook with that you know you got a sister who uses crushed pineapple in every recipe and you bought it two years ago well give it to her if she wants it you know be use your stuff don't just throw it away because that's kind of wasteful so find a purpose for it something more purposeful than sitting in your pantry And if we're talking spices, you can condense those down. You know, if you have three paprikas, put them in one bottle or give them to your friend who's a cook. If, you know, you're never going to get through this one bottle and you have two extras because they were on sale, well, then give it to somebody who's going to use it. The same goes for baking items. If you're not going to use it, you have no idea why why you even have it. Either research, research a recipe and use it or give it to somebody else, or donate it, give it to your church, whatever you need to do. Okay, so now as you're moving forward, you put all your stuff back in, you've grouped it together, you've got it in some sort of makeshift container, you have the flexibility, you have a little bit of room to mess with it, you can put things that your your eye level, your kid's eye level, you can start talking to them about snacks and timing of snacks and sizes portion sizes and now friend be real strategic when it comes to load loading up your pantry again don't overdo it there's a fine line between hoarding and (laughs) having enough on hand just in case you know and for your pantry that's in your kitchen you don't have to have all the food items in your house you can store some of the extra stuff in a different place so that your pantry is accessible and usable and purposeful. It doesn't have to have all of the olive oil that was on sale at Costco. You know, you can keep that like in a safe, clean place in the garage and then just use what you need on to have on hand for a week or two in the kitchen. Keep it there and then restock it from your already your stash in the garage, bring it back in. And you know, if you do like to shop in bulk, you can save a lot of money that way. That's great. But you don't have to keep it. Uh Uh-oh, there's my little one. You don't have to keep these items all together. So you bought a huge thing of nuts and it's going to last you a year. Cool. Just keep one to two weeks in your pantry and keep all the rest somewhere else. 
you know, it's the same way like with toilet paper. You don't keep all 24 rolls in your bathroom. Just keep one or two and put the rest somewhere else. <laughs> Be strategic and give yourself a little bit of room to see what's in there so things aren't falling out at you, falling on your foot, smashing your kids on the head, and help yourself out. You know, do this on the front end so that when it's the, it is time to use the stuff in there, it's clean, it's clear, it's stress-free, it's, you know, stress-free for your kids. I just think that this strategy can really help you with that decision fatigue, really help your kiddos out, and, you know, if, if there's anything in this world that can make it less stressful, let's try it, let's give it a shot. So I hope that you can use some of these tips and maybe help create a more prudent pantry. Yeah. And stock it with all those nutritious foods. All right. So there we go. Now let's roll into today's food trends. Briefly, we're going to talk about portion sizes for kids snacks. And... This is something I'm passionate about because you'll see these snack pouches for kids and they have way too many calories. There's way too much snack there for a little tiny kid. So if you're looking at, um, let's see, fruits, the appropriate amount for a child would be like half a piece of a, a banana, half a banana not a whole banana. It could also be a quarter cup of cooked cereal, rice, or pasta, a, a half a cup of dry cereal. And half a cup of dry cereal is going to be a lot smaller than some of these packages that you see. Like if you look at a pack of animal crackers, you're talking 150 to 200 calories. A child should probably have a smaller snack than that. For an adult, yeah, that's all right. That's fine if you're eating smaller meals and some um, snacks in between to meet your overall calorie goals. That's fine. Kids can follow the same type of plan, but they're so much smaller. Their body needs less calories. Although, yes, they are growing rapidly and they do need calories and proteins and fats and lots of nutritious foods. They don't need 200 calories of animal crackers or 200 calories of these puppy-shaped graham crackers, you know. Those snack foods that are so trendy today are just because of marketing and the dollar behind those. Those aren't really doing your kid any favor. They're just pacifying them until the next time they want to eat. And if your kid is snacking all the time, look at their meals. Are they actually eating their meals? Probably not because they're filling up on all these empty snacks. These, you know, graham crackers or animal cookies or whatever they are, they don't have any nutrients in them, really. They're not anything that is nourishing their body. And then they're skipping out on their meal time. So really look at the size of your the kid snacks. So, I mean, 
and it varies upon based upon age too so if you your kid wants to snack on some cheese well for a one to a three-year-old half an ounce of cheese or half a cheese stick is probably an appropriate size for a four to six-year-old we're talking a full string cheese a full ounce and then as they get older you know it, it increases or if you're talking yogurt for a one to three-year-old it's half a cup and four to six still half a cup but for you know what they sell a little healthy greek yogurt that's a full cup that's more than your child needs so they don't they don't need that in between meals that's too much for their tiny little bodies and whether it's you know that greek yogurt example that's a healthy a nutritious snack and that is awesome but just be mindful of the portion size the way that foods are sold at the store isn't strictly what your child needs they need probably less than what is sold at the store you know there's all these numerous reasons why they package things the way they do and not all of those are really none of those account for your individual child your individual child's needs what your son needs for a snack what your daughter needs for a snack so you are in charge of the amount that they get. Don't let modern packaging fool you and tell you what your child needs. So there you go, moms. Take that. Run with it. Feel empowered because you are awesome and you are nourishing your children and you're going to go and rock your pantry and set it up so that It enables you to make smart choices. It enables your children to make smart choices. So there we go, friends. This has been a really fun episode. I hope you can go make some prudent pantry choices. Take care. All right. Thanks for listening to Holy Healthy Mama. If you loved the show, please leave me a five-star review. It will help with the show's visibility, initial and long-term success, And it will make my heart happy. All right, friends. Love your babies. Say your prayers. And eat your greens.